Hello, and welcome to episode 290 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Bobby Angus, art rep. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Bobby, thanks so much for for joining us. I'm really excited to have you on. This is a, a first for us to have an art wrap on the on the podcast. But let's do as we uh, we normally do when we start off an interview. We ask for for two things. Um, we ask for a, a short bio, and maybe if you could just give us a, a little bit about the your art rep business. Yeah, sure. So thanks for having me on the show, guys. I appreciate it, and uh, congratulations on 290 episodes. You're getting into that uh, 300 territory, so congrats. That's, that's exciting for you guys. Um, okay, quick bio about me. Um, so like Matt said, I'm Bobby Angus. I work at Jeff M. Art Sales. I represent a, a stable of artists that um, I'm proud to represent, and I would also be proud to call my friends. Um, when I'm not helping those guys uh, move pages or book commissions, I actually do underwriting for an insurance company for cybersecurity. So that's uh, my day job. And then my, my night job is uh, the art rep stuff. So that's kind of just a, a brief overview about me. And I'm sorry, what was the, the second question again? I guess maybe if you could just give us a, like a quick overview of, of the, uh, the, the rep business that you have, and then we certainly want to go more in depth with, with the interview, but just maybe just sort of like the cliff nose version of it. Yeah, sure. So I represent stable seven artists. Uh, I had to count again, make sure I wasn't missing anyone. Uh, so I handle a lot of the, uh, the backend stuff. So like, for example, we, Noah has worked with us uh, in the past People will reach out to me in regards to availability on commissions or if there's a potential uh, piece of original art they were trying to track down that one of our artists have done, I would help them with that. Uh, I also handle a lot of the, um, I guess I'll say administrative stuff that our guys don't want to handle. So sending out email blasts, um, you know, soliciting uh, the commission, things like that. And then additionally, uh, Jeff, uh, my partner in this, uh, he handles uh, that stuff as well. He's also the shipping wizard. Uh, full disclosure, I am the worst at shipping. I will have something packed up and ready to go, uh, and then it will end up sitting on my desk for about three days. So Jeff is usually much more diligent about that stuff. Awesome. So Noah, I'm going to let you lead us off with the first question for Bobby. Yeah, I'm curious as to how you got into uh, the OA represent, like, you know, the artist rep business mm-hmm. did you start off as a collector first and then sort of like found your way there or yeah what was the order of events yeah um sure so to answer your question yeah i was i was a collector originally um you know started out uh smaller did a lot of the um you know picking up a like a commission or you know maybe picking up a page and then um, as I started collecting more and more at the time, I was uh, in sales. So um, I wasn't really happy doing what I was doing in sales and kind of, you know, I had a passion for comics. So I was like, what if there's a business that can kind of, you know, blend the two together? Um, so that's kind of how I pivoted over to, you know, the idea of, you know, trying to start an art rep business um, to kind of give some backstory on why it's called Jeff M. Art Sales. And obviously my name is not Jeff. Um, at the time, both Jeff and I were, were same thoughts. Um, Jeff was looking to get into the art rep business. I was looking to get into the art rep business, kind of a similar background. We both started at the same time, and we I we found that we were both reaching out to similar artists that we had like somewhat of a relationship with, looking for rep, looking to see if we, they would want to rep. Um, and then you know, I reached out to Jeff and be like, "Wouldn't it make more sense to just kind of work together versus just like trying to uh, like." you know, compete for the same talent and we can just make this a uh, duo operation. And luckily he agreed. So um, that's kind of how things, you know, went from there. Very cool. And do you still have the ability to, to, to be a collector and, and a rep? Has it sort of, or, or has, you know, a lot of times once you get into something on the business side, you maybe that, that, that joy or that excitement you had uh, is sometimes, is sometimes lost. Do you, do you still have a, a collection and, and still look for, for pieces that uh, speak out to you? Yeah, no. Um, Definitely. I'm still a collector myself. Um, probably. So um, I, I've had 
11 month year old son now so since he's kind of come into the world my collecting has slowed down significantly mm-hmm. um so i still love collecting um and i do like to collect and also just in general my my i guess i'll say my appetite in collecting has changed um i was you know i was a diehard batman guy like when i first started getting into um this like scott snyder new 52 batman and uh dan slot and brian stegman superior spider-man that that is what brought me back into comics um once i graduated college and like had like an income uh, or a disposable income i should say so that's what i originally started with and just kind of kept growing and growing but like i said i had an 11 month old so um you know prices are where they are and it's a little bit more than i want to spend and with me now getting really into anime um there obviously isn't that much anime pages out there if any so i had kind of dipped off however um i still do have the uh the pleasure of you know picking up pages from the guys that i rep so and the good thing about repping them is you uh you get the the sneak peeks so uh one of the more recent pages that i picked up uh kian tormi who we work with who's uh the artist on superman son of kal-el um he recently uh or prior to becoming a dc exclusive artist he did the dark hole book for for marvel so when he sent over the scans of the pages that he was looking to sell, there was a very nice splash page. I was like, this is not going to see the website and it's <laughs> going to see my. <laughs> so um, I do. I, I love picking up from my guys and supporting them. I have a, a handful of, excuse me, a handful of pages from Ken, Eric. Uh, I'm going to probably pick up a Jonas Witcher page once I actually uh, you know finish paying off a few bills here. Um, Matt has done a handful of commissions for me. Uh, Nathan is his mixed media i have two coming in from him so i love supporting our guys um that those are always the ones that seem to creep to the top of my wish and want list i guess i'll say um when picking up for myself so to answer the question the tldr uh i still do collect it's not as much as i used to and i usually my collections revolve around supporting my guys do you do you do you ever like get involved with like a like a trade of a, of a piece like um you know if you have something that you've had for a while that maybe you're not so attached to anymore and something mm-hmm. something new shows up you might try to like you know put together a package to sort of make a trade or anything like that yeah so um I've done a couple of uh, sales of my personal collection um, and two that I will point to uh, specifically. Um, Generally, I I kind of, or more recently, I've been buying like to hold or to keep for my personal collection like that, like that Kian page I was telling about uh, that, that will probably be left to my son. Um, A couple of pages I bought have been hung up in my son's room. Um, But uh, yes, if if the right offer comes along or if the right price comes along, I, I'm always willing to entertain the idea. So um, I, I think it's, uh, in my opinion, um, I guess I'll say foolish to never at least hear out an offer. It's kind of like a job interview. Like mm-hmm. if someone says like, hey, I got an offer for you, you want to hear them out. You never know. So um, recently I sold uh, the Jenny Frisson uh, something killing the children variant um, for issue number one. That was going to be kind of a piece that I was like, oh, I'm going to hold on to this. I don't have any intention of selling it. Um, but someone hit me up and made me an offer I couldn't say no to. So like, I shipped that out. Uh, another one was actually the Eddie Barrows Detective Comics cover for issue, I think it was 934 is when they rebooted it with Rebirth. And I was, that was like a birthday present to myself. And I was going to hold on to that one for a long time. And um, somebody just once a month would kept pinging me, be like, will you sell, will you sell, will you sell? And I was like, no, no, no. And then finally, he's just like, come on, like, really, what would it take you? And I like threw out this astronomical number. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and so I, uh, I, my wife and I drove down the New Jersey Turnpike and met this guy at the rest stop and did an all cash trade so um the moral of the story is um i think you always 
something's all generally usually available at the right price or if it's or the right package deal um i had people reach out to me saying like would i ever consider trading and it seems like um the trades will be skewed a little bit mm -hmm. uh, so like for example i had uh a david marquez guardians of the galaxy cover and someone reached out to me being like oh will you swap for this interior page and i was like no thanks like appreciate it though yeah. so um yeah to answer your question i'm always willing to um at least hear out an offer um and i i'm definitely always willing to make a trade cool so noah do you, do you have a question for bobby yeah on the on the topic of collecting you said that you sort of started out um um batman and spider-man and mm -hmm. uh, now you're doing anime you also said um i think we talked a little bit about heroes that you also collect um kirby inspired stuff too right yeah 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 so um i i found this is in my personal experience um a lot of the artists um I noticed like after I picked up a piece, they would say like, oh, like, yeah, like this was like, you know, I enjoy doing Batman, but like, I would love to do something different. Um, and so like, I, I'm, I can only imagine from talking to my guys, like how many times they draw the same character over and over, like how many more ways can you make like a Batman posed unique per se? Um, so it was like it was right around i think the time of thor ragnarok coming out and like it had that huge like kirby influence push and i was like wouldn't it be like kind of cool if like someone drew like kirby like if he or drew batman if kirby designed them so i who did the first one um so i have a, like a large collection of them and um i want to say chris ember did the first one i ever got um and then michael walsh did the second and it was it was really cool like i kind of noticed after the first couple like people were like really like like oh this is like this sounds cool like this is a challenge and like it seemed like the the artists who i was commissioning to do them enjoyed doing them so and just kept going and going and going and then i kind of pulled the plug on it um once i noticed like other people started doing it not saying that like it's not their right however they want to spend their money it's how they spend their money but i guess to me it kind of lost the luster of it or the appeal because it's like oh well like now other people are also doing it um so i, I to answer your question yes i did have a kirby batman collection i think a decent amount of them are on my comic art fans gallery um and michael cho did like a like a 12 by 18 for me that was amazing um i have to hang it up still but uh that one was always my personal favorite of my collection um and i understand he's not doing commissions anymore or at least he's not taking like requests but he'll do like pre-drawn stuff now so i'm happy i got them when i got them that's amazing um matt might have this question for you too but i'll, I'll ask it before he gets the chance like a real friend would all right <laughs> but uh we, we actually matt and i talk about it a lot when we when we're talking about our collections mm -hmm. um like what is there a piece in your collection that is sort of your you know like something you'll never part with i know you brought up that 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 splash that the the superman splash mm -hmm. um is there is there like a piece that like has like really deep sentimental value to you like you don't have to say what it is but is there one that you have yeah so there's um there's there's four um that i will i will never part with um so like i said like i have an 11 month old um and my wife and like i or my excuse me my wife found out she was pregnant when we were watching wandavision and wanda because of uh, elizabeth olsen excuse me elizabeth olsen and just the character being like just a badass um was always my wife's favorite and she loved wandavision um and like that kind of like really sparked her interest in like the marvel tv shows so um my friend or rory uh coleman who i work with as a gift gave us a really really nice wandavision like pinup that he did um so like that's off the table is never going um eric donovan same thing like a very nice like wandavision uh pinup that he did um Kien, um gave me a piece from the dark hold issue like a very nice wanda piece um 
that that's not going to go anywhere. And then um, an artist that we uh, that we used to work with, um, who is kind of he decided to he wants to go more into the um, the advertising agent like realm. So he's taking a step back. Uh, Nico Walters he did a gasolina for Image Comics, and excuse me, um, he did a pinup uh, for me of um from overwatch the video game i'm a huge huge gamer like avid like i have two gaming pcs in my house like built one from scratch the other one like you know paid big money for it um and basically like overwatch like was my saving grace um like throughout the pandemic played it like as a way to like if when i was stressed or like you know like when i couldn't sleep like whatever it was um and there's like a very very nice quote from the game um and nico took the he i sent him the trailer and he actually took a screenshot of the, of the quote or not the quote the where the scene where the quote happened and put the quote underneath it and that's hanging up in my son's room so those four pieces are they're they're never going to be uh for sale unless my son sells them when i'm dead then <laughs> so be it we talk about that all the time. I'm. Uh, I don't know if Matt's art's going to his son. I, I've kind of laid claim to it. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to make sure that Matt dies before I do. So I'm. I'm. I'm 20 years older than you, so you, you might have your wish. Oh geez. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Oh, I just had one more question about your collection. Um, sure. Yeah. Do, do you? So do you frame a lot of your stuff and hang it up, or do you? Um, I guess it's, do you have like a mix of both framed and, and things in portfolios and, and whatnot? Yeah. Um, a lot of things in portfolios, not enough things on the frames. Um, it's like a, a project I keep telling myself that I'm going to do and it just, it just doesn't get done. So, um, my, my wife gets, uh, she's a big proponent of making sure that these things get framed. So, uh she's like why are you spending this money if it's not gonna get framed i'm like mm -hmm. that's a completely valid point so uh i keep telling myself this is a weekend i'm getting stuff framed and then it always seems to be like sunday night i'm like oh i didn't frame anything so um i would say probably about like 80 percent of my collections in my portfolio 20 percent hung up that makes sense do you do you get someone to frame it or are you do you feel comfortable framing it yourself um it kind of depends on the piece certain pieces i got framed um professionally um and then a decent amount of other pieces um michael's had really good sale on like 11 by 17 frames for like two bucks a pop so i just went and bought like 20 of them and just uh headed home after that so um it, again it kind of depends on the piece yeah same for me and i think matt it's the same for you too it really depends on the piece. I, I, I did get a custom frame job at Michael's last year when they had like the 70% off. Mm -hmm. um, I think the Michael's that I went to wasn't very good. Uh, they didn't sure. do a very good job with the matting. So my faith in that Michael's has been shaken. Uh, but I I do, like I framed the Jonas piece that you guys gave me, and but I, I, I had a custom mat made for it. Sure. Um, because I think Jonas draws it, you know, obviously at a different, uh, yeah, different size that's than, than standard. So yeah, the yeah. European guys are. Um, oh shoot, I know. I think they're like a twelve by eighteen or something. Like, it's like slightly off that you can't do an eleven by seventeen, but it's like, yeah. So I want to say it's like a twelve by eighteen. I don't remember the top of my head, and I gotta yeah. say that. That Jonas piece, when that one came across my desk, I was so pissed that I <laughs> that it wasn't mine. I was so <laughs> mad. Uh, that was that's a really really nice piece. Yeah, it's uh, that'll be one of my forever pieces for sure. I've been wanting to get something from Jonas forever. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, since I since I found out about his art, I've been wanting to get something from him. So yeah, yeah, but no, that's 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 really cool. And um, Matt, uh, you yeah, you go ahead and ask a question. Sorry, I've been hogging hogging Bob. No, that's okay. Uh, so when you are, are looking for, for an artist, is it uh, a combination of, of walking through Artist Alley or maybe, you know, 
um, you know, looking at Instagram, certain, you know, going through certain hashtags, what, what's the, the best way or what's the way that you've had the most success of finding somebody um, that really sort of maybe excites you art wise that you, you think about, Hey, maybe this is a good person to bring into the fold. Yeah. So that's, that's a good question. Um, I mean, a lot of it is looking through solicitations, you know, like kind of seeing who's out there. I mean, when we, when we started our, our target artist was someone who we thought had the potential to be on a monthly book in, you know, in due time. Mm -hmm. Um, That's how we found Kian, Eric, um, Rory, um, Matt, Uh, all those guys had month, like, like a off issue here or there. And we kind of followed their work and um, usually the, the big test for us is we actually commissioned them ourselves prior to. So um, like, I, I think I commissioned Eric twice before like asking him if he was interested in an art rep. So it, we have like kind of a, a process, like I said, we, we commissioned them. Then we kind of, ask them about like their interests if something want to and then we just make, first of all make sure we get on the phone and you know it, it makes sense you know i'm not just like you don't want to be the sleazy sales guy who just knocks on the door and says buy my service right you want to build mm-hmm. a partnership um and i i'm i can confidently say at least from my end <laughs> um i feel like all these guys are they're like family to me like i i trust them like a lot of them have met my family a lot of them like i send them pictures of my son um so like these guys are failing to me and i trust them and you know that on top of their skill and the relationship that's kind of what uh helps us build the strong relationship like we've been working with for example i'm gonna pick on kian again since oh geez when was it like 2015 before he even became a dc exclusive artist so we we've been really working with a lot of these guys for the long haul um, and kind of as time has passed, we, we kept the same idea of like who we want to target, how we target them. And we, Jeff and I have like a, a separate list of guys that we have our eyes on. Um, but, and we kind of, and we're, we're keeping an eye on that list and seeing who's like appearing solicitous and things like that. So, um, a lot of it's just kind of, you know, scrolling through Twitter, scrolling through Instagram, seeing who also our guys know. Um, for example, Sean uh, Isaac was someone that Rory actually kind of knew um, and had, you know, strong working relationships with. And we were able to leverage that relationship to, you know, get to know Sean. And um, I guess, le- yeah, leverage relationship is probably the best way to say it. We used Rory's uh, relationship with Sean as a way to like kind of, you know, build that trust and start to work with him and, um, you know, really uh, try and add some value to his business. Cause at the end of the day, um, if you got, if a rep isn't adding any value to these guys, they're not going to want to use you. So um, on top of the value that we feel we bring these guys as well as our, you know, we, we feel is like the relationship we have, that's kind of um, a big uh, thing for us as well. When we're looking for talent, if we feel that, we can't have a strong working relationship with them. Um, we're we're gonna pass. They can be the most talented guy in the world, um, but again, if if they if we feel we this is gonna be kind of a rocky relationship, it might not be in the best interest for both parties. Very cool. Um, so, do you have any uh, thoughts or possible like anxiety about the amount of artists today that are? Uh, doing art traditionally I mean that's going to impact you know pages and, and stuff like that does, does that concern you at all um no um I mean my initial thought is no I think um there's always going to be someone who wants to do it traditionally mm-hmm. um and then the thing is there's also ways you can get creative with that right so like for example uh David Marquez um, it's the person I can think of right off the top of my head. He does his covers traditionally. He does his big splashes traditionally, but he does his talking heads pages um, digitally. So there is a way to sell the digital pages, which is artist proofs. You just got to kind of be able to price them accordingly, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that was something that we help, were kind of helping with Sean and Scott um, in regards to proofs. Um, it's an opportunity out there for those guys to, you know, 
be able to still generate that revenue while working digitally. Um, but to your point, it's also not for everyone. Um, I know certain buyers who will um, not touch artist proofs. Uh, they don't like it. They think it's basically an NFT, whatever they want to decide. I'm personally okay with it. Um, I have a few proofs myself um, from David, for example, um, but to use their own. Um, so to answer your question, I think that there's always going to be traditional pages out there. However, I think the artist proof pages continue to grow. Mm -hmm. and I think the market's going to have to adjust accordingly. The question's going to be more if the mark, if the inflate or not inflation, the increase in productive production of artist proofs, is that going to cause the original art market to go up or is the artist proofs going to flood the market and then make it so that there's a constant decreasing value because of how many are out there that aren't selling that's kind of what i'm interested in and what i would take a look at from an artist proofs perspective and what jeff and i are monitoring on our end we try to not flood the market with it because we don't want to just basically spam everything out there and aren't there certain artists that will do, um, for instance, I have a Mikhail Janin uh, Batman artist proof mm -hmm. page. Okay. Um, and it's, you know, it's sold to me as a one of one with a certificate mm -hmm. of authenticity. Are there yep. other artists that do, um, you know, I, I think I have this right. Um, you know, they might do in the in the range of like 10 pages of, of the same page as an artist proof. Is, is that something that's going on as well? So I'm sorry, I just want to make sure I'm understanding the question. Are you saying they're doing the same page 10 times or are you saying they're just doing 10 pages from a specific issue? Well, they might say this is an artist proof and it's there's a quantity of, of 10 of these. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. it's a one of one, but it might be, a, a, you know, this, this this one that you have is, is five of 10 or something mm -hmm. like that. Are you, is, is that something that, that that's going on? I haven't seen that yet. Um I, you might see like a low quality or not low quality, excuse me, a low quantity print run. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, um, I know the, like a bunch of artists who would do like, I'm only doing 10 prints of a specific cover. Mm -hmm. Um, but the cover itself won't be for sale. Um, or let me backtrack the, the cover itself would only be, there will only be one of them for sale. So the original art itself will only be one, but they might do a low print run or low quantity print run of that cover. Yeah. Um, in regards to artist proofs, I think it, I haven't seen anyone do more of a one for one. Um, I think when you kind of do, if you do multiple of it, it kind of gets a little bit gray because then it's like, well, who, like everyone just wants to own the original. That's part of yeah. the value of original art. And if there's multiple out there, it's going to probably, in my guess, um, lower the value i would say or make it less appealing to collectors because they know there's gonna be nine other of them out there yeah so i haven't seen it i mean sh i'm sure someone could potentially try and do it and if they sell it you know props i i just haven't seen it yet uh no uh next question to you yeah my, i have a very general question but i'm just curious who was the first artist or was it a group of was it like one or two artists that you guys first represented yeah, so I, I guess I would call the the OGs um, of the gang here, Kian and Rory. They were two of the guys that we started working with at the earliest. There's a couple other guys that we worked with that um, we like helped take commissions for. That uh, West St. Clair is one of them, and Alan Watson. Um, so I would say those four would be like the original guys, and then Eric came on shortly after that, and then Matt. And then um, Scott, then Jonas, then Nathan, then Sean. And then, yeah, so I would say that's the order of people. I don't think I miss anyone. That that's really cool. With. And uh, we, we've had Jonas on this show before. It's been a while, but we, we had him on when he was doing Savage. Uh, sorry, Avengers of the Wastelands, I mean. Right, and, right. Um, uh, well, how, did you guys get in, uh, how did you guys get into business with him? So I'm not going to be able to speak on that one specifically. Um, so Jeff kind of held the relationship or holds or knew Jonas before I, I did. And Jeff was the one who really pitched the, the, the idea and the artist rep to Jonas. So Jeff would have to be the one who answers that uh, question. I can, I can send him a note and see how, uh, see if he gets back to me. He's usually pretty quick um, and forward that along, but, uh, I unfortunately can't help you guys with that question. 
Oh, no worries. Yeah, I just was curious. Um, we'll have to do, maybe we'll just have to get Jonas on the show again. Yeah, get, John, get Jonas on the show again. Yeah, uh, he's been he's been so kind with his time, obviously being on different time zones and everything. And uh, yeah, but he's so cool to talk to. Um, he's a he's, and he's such a great artist. Uh, so with um, then the other one I was curious about is is Max. I've commissioned him as well. Um, how did you how did you guys uh, w- w- was Matt one of those people that knew another artist and y- you brought him on that way? um yeah so matt knew an artist that we used to work with and i actually was the one who approached matt um pitched the idea at the time he was working on john wick um so i i kind of i sent we basically we reached out to the artist you know like i said commission them ask them about interest um and if there's generally an interest we'll usually have a phone call or conversation and then we kind of have like a, I don't want to say a contract, but just like kind of like a proposal of what we can offer, what, you know, what they should expect from us, what we should expect from them. So we sent over the proposal to Matt and, you know, I had, had a conversation, answered any questions or call, excuse me, answered any questions or concerns he might have. And then kind of from there, that's, uh, that's you know, they start sending us the pages. We start going through them together, talking about potential pricing, things like that. Um, and kind of just keeps going from there that's really cool so i have a this i don't know if this is within your your range as far as you know being an art rep but sure do you work with like if if the artist has say like a publishing agent mm-hmm. or or a publicist or something like that um do have you have you run across having to work with someone who has something like that and like is there are there different parameters with selling art when you're when you're working with like an agent or something um so that's a good question uh so we don't do anything directly interacting with publishers um that's we would be doing the guys a disservice if we did that like we we would be way out of our depth and way out of our leagues we you know things like that so we actually teamed up with a buxedo agency uh out of barcelona and he's um he's a rep in terms of a publicist like he helps our guys get work um and things like that so in regards to art sales he so the way the the benefits of partnership is he doesn't want anything to do with art sales we don't want anything to do with trying to reach out to publishers to farm work for our guys so we basically just pass it off to one another um there are certain agencies that do both um and the only time I could see it being an issue is if the publisher owns the work itself. And I haven't run into that yet. I'm um, at least with DC, Marvel, Image, um, usually the artist owns their work because that was like a big thing in the 70s and 80s, like with Neil Adams and such. So um, in regards to that, that's just something we don't touch. Um, and because of the partnership, we don't have to worry about it. Um, and it doesn't really impact or because of the partnership, we can just basically pass off one to one another um you know the work that we would want to do or not want to do and take on the work we would want to do okay that's really cool to know that that's always a side i'm very curious about because it's you know the side that's not often very discussed very much you know contracts Mm -hmm. and compensation and you know and i've not i've had very limited experience with you know doing art with for people but I remember when I started out doing illustration, it was sort of hard to explain to writers, not Matt, but you know, other writers that they didn't own the art that they paid me for, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> you have to be very explicit with that, with people up front that they have to, if they want the art, they have to pay extra for it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I agree with you. Um, that's I'm, I'm by no means an attorney. I am not, I'm not capable of giving legal advice. Um, so I would not, yeah, but the general rule of thumb is unless you sign a contract and the artist will own the art. Um, I've, I've heard of stories of artists gifting uh, to the writer a page or I believe like Greg Capullo gifted Scott Snyder one of the Batman covers, which is like a $40,000 piece of art. But um, yeah, usually it unless otherwise stated or, or contractually obligated, the artist will own the work. Yeah, it's cool. So thanks for that insight into that, that aspect of the business. Yeah. Something new. No problem. 
so um, let's let's if it's if it's at all possible, there was a uh, a piece that of original art that sold for for a lot of money uh, recently. Mm -hmm. The 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 Dark Knight uh, iconic page. Um, mm -hmm. do, do you have any 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 thoughts uh, on that page? Um, I'm guessing maybe you you might listen to to Felix's podcast on on original art. That one um, had some interesting ideas on on uh, on that page. Yeah. So, um, uh, kind of a spoiler slash shocker alert. I actually don't listen to podcasts oh. that much. <laughs> um, I. So I, I commute to the city every morning um, and home from the city every morning. And I usually will just pump out anime episodes. So okay. I'm almost done with Spy X Family. Um, so I, that's usually how I, I, and then when I'm home, I don't really have my headphones on. So I'm not really listening to podcasts as much. Okay. Um, but I mean, Felix has a fantastic podcast from what I've heard from people um, and the few episodes I've heard in the past. My understanding of that whole situation, it, it was Dark Knight number one cover, which went for 2.4 million. Yeah. And my understanding, it, it was done at Heritage, correct? Heritage I, auctions? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, my understanding is they like guaranteed the seller it would go for at least 2 million. So they, <laughs> so it was, it was kind of always a, uh, it was going to be a high number. It was just kind of wondering how high it was going to get. Because those dark, I know whenever Dark Knight page like surfaces, it's usually for big bucks. And if it's a cover for number one, like I think if you were to ask a lot of uh, collectors slash um, buyers what would be like a grail piece for them, some form of Dark Knight would be in there. Like whether mm -hmm. it's a Dark Knight number like page cover commission from frank miller like i think frank miller does commissions for like 30 grand or something like that um or 30 grand grand for like a really really nice piece and like 10 grand from like uh like a single character piece so it doesn't surprise me that i went for that much and also just people got a lot of money so um <laughs> they're they're gonna spend it i mean i know if i ever spent 2.4 million dollars on a piece of paper <laughs> my wife might murder me yeah, and i would probably start to second guess a few life choices yeah. um but yeah i mean it pages are going up and up and up and you know people are, are spending the money so it, it's it's a lot of money but I, i'm not surprised that it went for that much i think like superman number one or action comics number is whatever the first superman is um i think that went for like a million bucks itself so the fact that Dark Knight number one cover went for two point four. Um, again, not not shocking to me. Yeah. Oh, just real briefly, um, David Mandel, who's like I guess maybe the premier OA collector. His his opinion that it was that was almost just a glorified color guide. He had some doubts of how much Frank's hand actually touched that that page. So that, sure. I found I found that a little interesting. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, there's all these interesting stories about the the Dark Knight Returns, and like I know I listened to that podcast about the or the episode about the original art rep, and how like there was like two versions, or excuse me, the original art rep for Frank Miller who sold those pages. Mm -hmm. How there was like basically like two versions of the pages because Frank did the or Frank originally sent the Klaus ink it, and then he wasn't happy with Klaus ink, so he redid it. Um, so then like Klaus's inks were in the market and Frank's inks were in the market. And then if you buy the, like that, I forget, I have it. I forget what it's like the technical name for it, but basically the dark Knight number one, where you can actually like flip the pages and see the difference between the inks. So um, I, to Dave Mandel's point, it, I would not be surprised by that either because of, you know, how much, uh, original copies there are and how like frank has such an influence on certain pages and maybe not others mm -hmm. because of classes inks so yeah i can see i can see that making sense yeah. uh noah next question for you for you yeah i had okay this is sort of getting back i'm i'm going back to it but i think we i think it, there's a good segue there about like the speculation around art and we talked about it a little bit earlier but like mm -hmm. now in the age of like 
NFTs being seen as like, you know, art, that it's also an investment, you know, that idea. Do you, do you think, I mean, obviously I think I've heard people say you should collect what you love, right? That should be sort of what guides you. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on collecting original comic art as like an investment or something like that? Um, I, I mean, I, as an investment, I, I, I'm, I, I don't view my original art as an investment. I, I guess I'll say that. Um, because you there's so much in the speculation now and like everyone is trying to get that next hot thing and catch that like lightning in a bottle um that like when something does hit you're basically squeezing your returns right so um i i mean every once in a while you do get lucky with something like that something that's killing the children variant i spoke of earlier like i got super lucky that guy came out of nowhere and offered me you know the money he did probably you know if i held on to it for longer could i gotten more maybe like could i try and wait for the book to, or the the netflix thing to come out yeah like so i mean i guess the way that i look at it is is i basically or nowadays i have my like how much i ideally want to spend on a piece and the way i look at it is if i spend this much and it doesn't go up in price and it only goes down am i going to be mad about it no, I, I like I like this piece. I can be live it, li live with it. Then I think about it, it's like, okay, if I took this money and bought a new gaming PC, would I be happier with the gaming PC or would I be happier with this piece of art? Then if I'm still like interested in it, I'm like, okay, if I want to invest this money in the stock market, would I probably get would I get a better return than I would if I tried to flip this piece of art in like three to five years? And if I like go through that checklist of my for myself, um, and I'm like, yeah, I, I really want this piece, then I will pull the trigger. But a lot of times, I don't really view it as an investment anymore because the return, like, people are buying stuff and then the prices go way up, right? Um, people, um, or they just hold it, hoping that like the next movie's coming out. Like, I'm sure after comic-con you're going to see a bunch of people throw up um whatever the next announced phase for marvel is and try and cash in on the speculation market um so in terms of an investment like i i don't view it as an investment i agree with whoever says buy what you enjoy mm -hmm. um because if you're treating it like an investment i think odds are unless you're very sophisticated and you're really willing to put out a lot of cash and you can um you know really really um like maneuver cash quickly and be able to you know network things quickly to get the right buyer and investments probably not the best way to go for original art that's just my opinion yeah kind of also for me i i just see it as taking the fun out of it you know yeah it, it's it's art right at the end of the day and it's supposed to bring joy and yeah. uh i yeah i i, I love you know, and I, I've not met very many people who see it as an investment, but it is sort of, you know, it, it is the culture we live in now. Yeah. Almost, like I said, like NFT culture isn't purveying a lot of it, but it is almost being seen now as like an investment or something like that, you know, and uh, I don't think it's carried over into original comic art, but I was just curious, yeah, what your thoughts about it were. Yeah. I mean, I think people view an investment, of, like it depends on the threshold, right? Like some people will view a hundred dollars as an investment. Some people will just be like, that's a drop in the bucket for me. Um, but I think with the prices going up and up and up, people are just automatically thinking of them as investments, right? Like, um, you know, standard commission nowadays is two fifty to like a thousand bucks, depending on the artist. Like 250, like in my opinion, I don't view that as an investment. But like a thousand bucks, like some people would view that investment. That's a, that's a you know a decent amount of change for them. Um, and it's just there's so much risk with any time you commission someone, right? You want to at least from a, a buyer's perspective. So what we try to do is at least make the person feel comfortable with you know putting that kind of you know money up. And you know we Jeff and I do the eye tests ourselves because. Like if we look at if for example, if someone sent us in our groups on us a commission and I think like I wouldn't want this in my collection, like we're gonna go back and like you and we explain to our guys some sometimes people view these as investments. Like 
you can't really, you know, cut corners on these. So I think um, to answer the question again, um, I don't view them as, um, you know, an investment, but like the more money is going into these, it's, I can see a lot of people starting to view these as investments. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, have, I have a question, one more question. And um, before we, we close out, sure. uh, what, what's your advice to people who are, who want to get into collecting comic art, if they're, if they're new to it, or if they're looking into it, and if one of those people happens to, or, or a couple of those people happen to be listening, what's your advice to, to purchasing the art other than going to your site and checking out all your work, uh, all the work on Jeff Mart art. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's my first piece of advice. Commission our guys. Um, the second piece of advice I would say is, um, you know, do, uh, do your due diligence. Um, you know, you're, you're going to be spending money. Um, you should have an idea of, you know, how the process goes. Um, you should, you know, understand what the potential piece could look like. Um, and just really make sure, like, I like to just get references. Like, if I'm commissioning a new artist, I like to see, you know, if someone else has had success with them, um, if, you know, uh, like, other people have good reviews about them. There's usually, you can, there's usually a couple groups out there, like Facebook, Collector, Comic Art Fans, that will post their thoughts on their, or their experience with an artist, and that's usually a very good way to vet someone quickly. Um, and also able to stay away from potential uh, bad experiences. And then lastly, the other thing I like to do is, um, if I'm a new collector, is, again, buy the books that you're interested in um, and uh, kind of understand where the market falls for those characters. Like Spider-Man and Batman, you're going to pay a premium for them. Generally, um, you know, Image Comics, if the pages are available, they're usually pretty, they're pretty right on the money. They're not crazy priced um, for, you know, that character premium. And just um, the other thing I would say is just, you know, be uh, be respectful to the, the artist. Remember, um, a lot of, like, I think the there's a sense in the collector community that, um, like, they feel that, the artist is like trying to, you know, pull a fast one on them. And I, I at least from my experience, I've never felt that from an artist. Um, and generally, if you just have a conversation with them and just, you know, be friendly with them, you're going to get a pretty good piece in return. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's what I would say. Um, and just, you know, try and, um, try and just enjoy it i mean it's, it's so fun now that we can go back to cons we can meet people we can interact with people again we don't want to be locked up in our house um you know try and just meet as many people as you can and you know swap stories there i remember i was sitting at a convention and someone dropped like a portfolio of original art that had like 20 michael turner pieces in it and i was just like no way like i've yet to see a michael turner piece in real life um so you you meet some some really interesting people and there's some crazy collections out there that uh you'll come across and it's just uh it's just it's a fun experience um just try and take it uh, all in stride that's awesome i think that's some some great advice um let's do this um uh, well actually let me check to make sure noah because i know noah's a very excited about this topic i don't want to shortchange him if he's got another question all right no, I, I wanted to, you know, I figured we were probably getting close to the end. So I wanted to sort of end it on a, on a cool piece of advice from a, from someone who's been doing this and does it professionally. So yeah, thanks for that advice. I, I, I like, you know, I, I agree with all of that. I've done all of that, but it's always cool to hear that I'm doing the right thing. So <laughs> it's, it's great. Um, oh, well, yeah. I, I wouldn't say there's a right way or, um, there's there's multiple ways you can approach it right i mean it i i'm glad that someone else says it the same way as me but um there's like i know some guys who got who jumped in like by throwing like five grand down just buying a bunch of pages um one of like and i also know people who got in just by doing like 100 bucks on a you know a head sketch um so i it's just you, you're you'll find if you want to find your way in you'll find your way in and when you do you'll do it on your terms mm -hmm. um 
and everyone's everyone's gonna be different i always get so upset when on these like facebook groups if someone posts like oh i just bought this piece and i'm so happy with it and someone always goes oh that piece is overpriced it's like why are you doing that like now you're just taking you're you're disincentivizing someone in the hobby like there, there's no reason to do that in my opinion like mm-hmm. And again, everyone's going to be different. Like um, my favorite piece that I got at HeroesCon where we met was I bought a Mike McCone um, piece uh, from Overwatch and I paid a nice price for it. <laughs> Probably a little bit more than I wanted to, but like I wanted it. Um, so everyone's, you know, opinions on prices and, you know, what they're comfortable spending is going to be different. And, you know, as long as you walk away from the transaction happy, that's, that's the important thing. I would, as a rep, I always want to make sure that uh, our guys feel like they just won the lottery when they walk away from like a transaction or a table. And if they don't, I want to know why, like what, what could we have done better? What, what would have made the experience better for them? Because the only way we're going to grow this hobby is uh, for people to have good experiences, for people to be excited about purchasing art and you know to try and keep as many people interested um so yeah that's i would just say there's there's no one way to do this and everyone's going to be different but we gotta it's on us to make sure we keep growing the hobby and keeping people excited and uh encouraging others to join the hobby yeah i think yeah i think that's that's awesome as well um so where's the best place to to keep up to date uh with you guys online i'm you know i'm assuming you guys have websites social media handles what's what's the best way to you know see what's going on with with uh, the business yeah sure so if our website is jeffmart.com that's g e o f f m a r t.com uh as soon as you come to our website there's actually a uh a form page that you can fill out with your name and your email and you'll get put on our mailing list uh we also have a, a twitter which i'm um pretty active with that's uh at art underscore jeff and then we have our instagram which is jeff underscore mart underscore art so any one of those three pages uh sh- you can shoot me a message or shoot me an email at gmassorders.com and or gmassorders at gmail.com there we go um shoot me a message any one of those places um if you got a question about collecting if you want to know more or if you just want to chat i'm always ears very cool well we're going to put that stuff in in the show notes to the to the podcast so if anybody's listening they can just sort of call up their their pod player you know scroll down to the to the mm-hmm. you know show notes and, and click those links so we'll we'll include those as well thanks guys i appreciate that yeah no problem well, um, so we're gonna we're gonna finish up here. Um, if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. There's also going to be a link to Superior Sam. Everybody needs a home. Uh, that's a Kickstarter that's going on currently. Noah is the letterer of that book, and I am helping out as the co-publishers with my partner over at Ageless Press. Um, so there'll be a Kickstarter link there. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter, and that is at Construct Compod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod, and Facebook is Constructing Comics. Just once again, thank everybody for listening. Please be safe, be nice to each other, and go out there and make some art. Thank you. Bye.